Welcome to the Moms Who Money podcast, where every week we chat about all things related to money, mom life, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Eileen Joy, and I am a money and mindset coach for moms, teaching you how to confidently go from living paycheck to paycheck to making money easy. Money doesn't have to be hard. It is possible to break the chains, and I'm going to show you how. Get ready to join the Moms Who Money. Welcome back to the Moms Who Money podcast. I love being here with you every single week. And if you're new here, welcome. And if you're back and if you're a regular, welcome back. I am truly so grateful for you because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here. I know I say that all the time, but it's true. And if you've been loving the show, the content that I provide, and of course, if you love me, would you please help? The only way that this show will find its way to other women just like you is if you rate, review, and share. And if you're listening on Apple iTunes or Spotify, you can rate the show five stars, which literally takes you one second. And you can do that quickly right now. Go ahead. I'll wait. (laughs) And if you're listening on Apple iTunes, you have the unique ability to write a review as well. And really that takes maybe 30 seconds of your time. And I would be so eternally grateful as well as the women out there that don't know about this show because the more that you rate and review and share, that's what helps get this show out to more people and to more moms and to more women. That's what we're here for, right? We're here to share the information with each other so that we can help each other grow. And it all starts with you helping me, helping them, right? So all you need to do is simply pause the show, go write your glowing review because, you know, no one likes a bad review. And then come on back for today's topic, which I know you're going to love. I have a special guest today you are going to love. Take a screenshot of today's episode and share it to your stories and socials. And always remember, tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. And you're also going to want to tag our guest today. We have a very special guest. I have been bringing on experts recently, if you've noticed of various topics of different things that have been coming up with my clients. And they're usually a trend where many of my clients are dealing with different things in their lives. And this week is all about sleep. Now, I know as a mom, we value our sleep, right? Tracy, she's a specialist in insomnia and sleep issues. She's amazing. And she's from the U.S., but she's now living in the U.K., and so her story is pretty incredible. And you have to listen to her accent because it goes in and out. It's really cool. (laughs) Without further ado, Tracy Hannigan, Sleep Coach. Many of the women that I work with complain about sleep issues. And usually sleep issues that I have found occur because of stress societal pressures of just being a woman, uh, work-life balance, family, money, or, you know, fill in the blank. There's just so much that can disturb sleep. And so recently I've been inviting experts on the show to help women with all these issues that, you know, they might be dealing with. And, you know, where I know it really affects their life, which obviously automatically affects their finances. So today... We have Tracy Hannigan, sleep expert. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so excited to have Tracy on the show. Welcome to Moms Who Money, Tracy. 
Thank you so much. I've been really, really excited to talk with you today. Me too. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Tracy, and then we're going to interrogate Tracy for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Or two. (laughs) Or two. So Tracy is a qualified sleep therapist, and she's recognized by the Society for Behavioral Sleep Medicine. And she works exclusively with adults with insomnia and sleeping concerns. And she uses only evidence-based approaches and her compassionate coaching approach supports people in recovering their sleep and also developing a sleep resilience for a lifetime. This sounds amazing. So excited to dive into this. But before we get started, I have three questions I want to ask you. These are Mm -hmm. fun, I promise. So what was something that you splurged on recently and why? Ooh. I'm a knitter and there was a knitting kit that I saw online. It was a little bit impulsive, but I allow myself some impulsive purchases if they happen to be the things that I love the most. And it has to be kind of a, a history of that. So there was a knitting kit that I really, really, really wanted. And it was about 200 pounds and I just bought it for myself. And when it came, it felt like Christmas. It was so fun. Unwrap it and squish it and get the pattern and kind of get ready to get ready to start making it. So that was, was it? it was a big, uh, it was a knitting kit. So it was yarn and the pattern. Well, what and, are you making? What's the kit? Oh, it's, ooh, it's, a, um, it's a, a jumper. It's a color work jumper with a beautiful colored yoke uh, across the top, the front, the neck and the shoulders. And um, I just can't wait to get stuck into it. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see it when it's done. <laughs> I will show you. you better. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I had learned how to crochet many years ago and I'm actually still working on the same blanket that I started back in college. And it's hilarious. I have to show it to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what is something that you're saving for now and why? I want to pay off my house. Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm quite fixated on paying off my house. Um, you may be able to tell if you're listening to this that my accent is American, but it's got some twe- tweaks and twangs to it. I live abroad, but as as a, a U.S. citizen, I'm liable to file and pay tax in the United States. And the United States does not recognize a lot of the retirement vehicles that we have here in the U.K. And so the safest, sanest thing for me to do is to focus on paying off my house. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. That is completely understandable having dual citizenship, especially with it being here, because the rules are very complicated and quite unfair. (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree. Mm. Wholeheartedly agree. So what is something that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for the people that I have around me that really, really love me. Um, I'm somebody who is quite I guess, mortality motivated. Um, I've had a couple of close bereavements um, in the last six months or so. And it's really highlighted the fact that we have a very short time here (laughs) and and it can stop at any time. And we have to really purposefully surround ourselves with the people and the things that make our life meaningful. I agree. It's all about your top five. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That you surround yourself mm-hmm. with is mm-hmm. so important. And just being surrounded by love and treasuring every moment that we have on the planet and with these people. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that way about my son. 
every second I want to spend with him. <laughs> yeah. Now mine is an it. adult. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm wishing he was a little one again so that I could do it better and do it different. You know, certainly being a mother's recipe for guilt, no matter what you do. with them too. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, a time flies really, really quickly. It's pretty scary. Hmm. It's you don't notice it until me. it's past. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the, in the blink of an eye, you're like, how, how, how did that happen? <laughs> Where- how did you become taller than me and have a job? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you have hair on your face? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why is your voice like this? <laughs> I hear that. So I'm sure that everyone is dying to know how did you become a sleep coach? Tell us about yourself, how you got started. And also, if you want to talk about why you moved countries, if you want to throw that in, uh, like if it all include, like what, what, how did you become sleep coach in the UK? <laughs> <laughs> a very long circuitous story that I will try to compress into something sensible. Um, so starting more recently, I took my background in um, community mental health and psychology where uh, in California, where I had lots of exposure to to lots of sleeping issues because obviously there's a relationship between stress and anxiety and mental health issues and sleep so and that goes both both ways um and I had to pull upon some of that experience and get a little bit of extra training in order to launch a business that I could run during the pandemic when I couldn't see people from face to face um and so how did I get here and in that position in the first place is um, I met my son's father um, when I was in California and we moved to the UK via um, via Sweden um, and when we split up if I would have moved back to the states my son wouldn't have grown up with his dad and so I stayed here and I trained as an osteopath so I was working kind of in primary care doing musculoskeletal sports injury type work and again sleep issues everywhere had the opportunity to do some more training in evidence-based care pandemic came and I'd been dabbling online. I had an online course and was kind of fiddling around with maybe doing some coaching. And then um, it it was essentially uh, the kick in the pants that I needed to go full time with it. And that's how <laughs> the, the spirally way I became a, a sleep therapist. Now, my my personal interest in it is I had insomnia really badly after the death of my first husband in my early 20s. Now, obviously, when you have something like that happen, you're not going to sleep well. But there's a difference between short-term stress-based um, sleeplessness and then insomnia, which kind of feeds itself. So I had insomnia then and had another bout um, kind of in my mid-30s, I guess, um, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit after that. And that went on for quite a long while as well. And so I have experience on both sides of the coin. So I'm very kind of personally invested in in supporting people because I know how miserable it is. Um, And professionally, it's just so rewarding to work with this particular subject because sleep issues are quite responsive to the right kinds of intervention. And sleeping well can transform somebody's um, life. I totally agree with that because I've had my own issues with sleep and they've all been for different reasons. My divorce, that was a really tough time and that was eating me alive. My sleep issues were horrendous. And then um, obviously after I had my son and he 
wouldn't let me sleep. <laughs> that was really tough. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just from that, just knowing when you don't sleep, how you feel when you're awake, if you're not getting enough sleep, enough quality sleep, and if you're sleeping here and there, it's still not quality enough sleep for you to function as a human <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. And I know personally, I was mommy monster for a while. I just turned into someone that I didn't recognize just from not getting sleep. Mm. And I have a really good friend right now who told me that he was having, he's had sleep issues since he was 10 years old and he still doesn't sleep well. He sleeps maybe three hours a night mm. and he's constantly, you just look at him and his eyes are like half closed and he's like always forgetting everything and just his brain doesn't focus or function properly because of it. And he has all these inflammation issues. It's like sleep affects so much, you know, and, and I hear all the time from women, you know, money keeps me up at night and all these other things and issues and their stress in their jobs and life. And just, you know, in general, just life affects everything. I I've heard you talk about the difference between the internal environment and the external environment and how important that is. And um, so I would love for you to talk a little bit about that some more. Um, also, because I was always under the impression that it was more the external environment so that you can fix the internal. And so for me personally, I don't know if you've encountered this, but I was trying so hard to fix my sleep that I now wear a sleep mask, earplugs, I use a weighted blanket, a cervical pillow. I wear retainers because I grind my teeth so bad in my sleep that I actually break the retainer. Like it's so bad. Oh, wow. And yeah, and, and, and it goes on and on. And then, um, but now when I do lay down in bed and I go to sleep, I go to sleep. I get really amazing sleep, so deep. And like for me, like any little noise could wake me up, which is why I started wearing the earplugs. But I'd love to know, the difference between the internal and the external. Obviously, I fixed all the external. That's all external stuff that I did, and like working on the mind chatters and all these other things. But what else is there? That I know there's so much to it. It's such an interesting, interesting question because this allows us to discuss sleep from the point of view of people who sleep well but might want to just sleep better, and yeah. also those people who might not sleep well. Um, Oftentimes people will come to me and they will say things. I've done all of the things I've, I've got the expensive earphones and I've, I tape my blind to the wall. So not a single photon of light will come into my room and, or I've got the mask and, and I've got this hour and a half long ritual where I do this and I spray that and I do that and, and they still can't sleep. Right. So the doing all of the quote unquote sleep hygiene tips and tricks that you read about online. Those sorts of things are really helpful for reducing external stimulation that can wake people up or make it make it difficult for them to stay asleep, right? But when we're talking about something like insomnia, insomnia is actually internally gener generated. So you can do all of those external things to the nth degree, and it won't help very much once you actually have insomnia. And actually taking it to the nth degree and being very ritualized about all of these external things can actually make insomnia worse. So for example, um, uh, the blinds, pulling the blinds or pulling the curtains to keep some light out, if you have a low key approach to it, yes, it'll help keep 
the light out so that it makes it a little easier for you to have a little bit deeper sleep. But if you're afraid of not sleeping to the point where you are taping your blinds to the walls to keep all of the light out, the light's not what is keeping that person awake. It's the fear of the light interrupting sleep that is keeping that person awake. This is the the reason why people have short-term sleeping issues is because of stress, anxiety, excitement, curiosity. When an event like that happens, it's normal to have a few weeks of really rough sleep. What happens for many people, especially if they're prone to being a little bit nervous or a little bit perfectionistic, uh, or they have an anxiety disorder, is that they will move across to the other side, which is the issue is in the past. The stressor is in the past, but they're still not sleeping well. And that comes down to being uh, worried. The worry has been transferred from the event or the excitement from the event to being worried about not sleeping. And there's no amount of um, earplugs, um, masks, pillow sprays that will change somebody's fear of not sleeping. So that's where the internal environment becomes important. And that's where the the target is for the evidence-based treatments for, for insomnia. And there's actually no evidence that sleep hygiene, the external environment changes have an effect on chronic insomnia. Um, And that surprises a lot of people because that's what you read about online. You know, if you're not sleeping well, do these things. That's because those are the, you read those because those are the safe generic things that everybody can do. Um, And it's not necessarily safe or appropriate for people who have sleeping issues to do some of the other interventions. So you, if you read about it, it's very generic rules that are not necessary. They're not personalized, obviously. Um, But those are the things that target the internal environment, whereas sleep hygiene is better for people who want to um, maximize the depth of their sleep and the quality of their sleep, but don't have an internally generated insomnia issue. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because it, when you look online too, about money, it's very generic. And it's like, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be rich or whatever, you know, and it's the same thing with, with what you're saying about sleep. It's so personal. And like my tagline basically is personal finance is personal because mm. everyone's situation is different. It's I'm hearing what you're saying is the same thing with sleep. It's everyone's internal environment obviously is different and everyone's issues are different and where it's coming from and how long they've had it and all the different variables and all those layers of the onion, it would depend on what intervention you would use it's from what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and the other layer to this is that especially now with social media and sound bites yes. and and headlines and a lack of attention to being able to really concentrate on long form anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um is not all sleeping difficulties are insomnia. Right? There are right. a lot of there's over 85 sleeping disorders out there. And so just because somebody has sleeping difficulties doesn't mean that it is appropriate to use some of the interventions that are for insomnia. And actually they can be um, potentially harmful if you have say obstructive sleep apnea to do some of the techniques that are in, um, in the behavioral sleep medicine basket, because they can put your airway at more risk, right? This is, and so that's why it, there's a fine line between the general advice and it really needs to be appropriate for the right person at the right time or, or with supervision, you know, because there are lots of adaptations. P- 
people look up sleep therapy online and they see the rules and they sound really strict and hard and scary, but actually in reality, that's not generally how it works one-to-one. Right. (laughs) Um, It's not usually so regimented. It's like, that's what they use to demonstrate in the research, but that's not necessarily how it looks when the art gets applied, you know? Yeah. That makes so much sense. And especially from what you said, there is over 85 sleep disorders. I mean, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, there don't are hear about that when you're doing the reading online, right? Exactly. When you're going to Google University to read about sleep, it's usually what you said. It's just sleep insomnia, sleep apnea, and a few other things, but there's so much to it. Actually, I would love for you to explain why is sleep so important? What does sleep do for us as humans? And if we have, you know, one sleepless night versus many years or months or weeks. So like what, what does sleep do for us as humans and why is it so important? So we can take a stab at answering that question, but it I is know it's a big a, question. It's, it's a big question. <laughs> yeah. And it's also still a little bit of a mystery, despite yeah. the fact that we all sleep and we all have a brain in our, in our skulls neurologists and sleep scientists still have so many questions to answer around that. Um, But the things that we do know is things like deep sleep. That is when our tissue heals. That is when the physical rejuvenation happens. That's when our immune system is at its most active. That's when um, the different cells in our brain are going up and doing cleanup duty. Um, This is when our digestive system gets to have a rest. This is when our hormonal system is kind of at a, at a place in its own cycle. We have many, many cycles that are on this 24, 25 hour cycle. Sleep is just one of them. So they're all going through their own process. And part of that process is connected. um, Some of them very connected intimately with, with sleep. We have more of the the REM sleep piece where our brain is doing its processing. Um, We have memory formation happening in deep sleep and in REM sleep. All of that's really important for for us to be able to function as humans and what the direct connection is between those things, particularly on the mental side. They're still pulling the threads and trying to understand, but we know for sure that if people don't get enough quality sleep, concentration is a challenge. Uh, ability to focus on details, even for short periods, is a challenge. Uh, we become more um, become become more emotionally labile. <laughs> we become less creative in our thinking, and that's because our brain kind of goes more into survival mode. Um, we beca- it ironically the things we do get good at when we're not sleeping are things like perseverating. focusing on the negative and not being able to think outside the box. So you imagine just looking down a, um, uh, a a kitchen paper roll, right. And you've got this little tunnel and everything is negative at the end of it. That's kind of a good (laughs) metaphor for what happens when people don't get good sleep over a long period of time, more emotional, more focused on the negative and unable to think about other things very well. That's a recipe for creating all kinds of problems in life. It's a complete loss of perspective. And what happens, we get more emotional, we become more negative. And so it kind of becomes, it kind of feeds on itself. Yeah. It's kind of like when I was mommy monster, that's what you're describing. <laughs> when, mm. I was, when I wasn't sleeping and I turned into mommy monster because everything was just felt like it was wrong. Everything yeah. Was and wrong. then, yeah. yeah. And our human brain wants to solve problems, right? The, yeah. our, our big human brain is a good problem solver. 
and and it says oh okay i've identified this problem i've got this this sleeping issue that i need to take care of and what happens is we perceive a threat from that lack of sleep so yes there is there are consequences to lack of sleep but the minute our safety system switches on and points its periscope at the lack of sleep yeah. we have this imbalance between what we call sleep drive which is um if we're up long enough and we're physically active enough, we have enough sleep drive to sleep. But if there's no balance between sleep drive and this arousal system, mm-hmm. this, the arousal system is going to override our ability to sleep because we can't sleep if we're under threat. It's not biologically safe. So if we feel threatened by the lack of sleep, that makes our sleep worse. And then we feel more afraid of the lack of sleep and that makes our sleep worse. And that becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. And you tie that in with being really good at thinking about negative things, um, we become victim to 30 second sound bites about all the horrible things that are going to happen to us. It just drives the problem even deeper. You add technology where people can track things, (laughs) track anything about yourself and lose perspective because particularly with sleep law, those trackers, they're not accurate. Even if they were accurate, most people wouldn't know what to do with that information. So it gives people more of an eye, like, well, if, I, if I know I can, if I have this de- these details, then I can control the sleep and make it come back. And that's, sleep is one of those things, just like love, <laughs> right. the more you try to put your paws on it and get it to be the way you want it to be, the less likely it is to happen that way. Um, Where you push so it different. away, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in our in careers and in lots of in sports, you know, the harder you work, the better you get at it. And things like sleep are completely different. And it's a, it's a huge mindset shift um, and and that's the biggest hurdle when I have clients with a lot of sleep anxiety is to step back and try to kind of take the pause off the situation so that the arousal can come down and the fear can come down and then voila, the sleep returns to normal. It's amazing how the human brain works and how everything is so deeply rooted in fear because I know that that is our body trying to keep us safe right? Our mind tries to keep us safe. We're still running from the saber tooth tigers. And now we're running from paper tigers, you know, and it's kind of, it's the same concept and it's, and it affects everything. It affects money. It affects sleep. It affects love. It affects our, our whole lives. And it's so interesting because so many decisions are made out of fear. And so Mm -hmm. I remember I used to wear a Fitbit and broke. I haven't replaced it, but my Fitbit would track my sleep. And basically the way that the Fitbit was, it was such a cheapo version of tracking sleep, you know, and it was like, if I moved, you know, it would, it would be like, it would like, it would show on a graph of like this big movement. And I'm like, well, like just turning over, what does that mean? And then you have to overanalyze everything. And did I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? And, you know, but it doesn't tell you anything else. It just tells you yeah. what yeah, you they know? tell you they tell you now sort of sleep stages, but they're trying yeah. to estimate sleep stages based on lots of other proxies. And yeah. even if they were accurate, you have a misunderstanding of what all that means. I saw a post yeah. on social media, somebody saying, I only got 25% deep sleep. You know, this is a disaster. I'm like, 25% is normal for deep right. sleep in, a, right. in an adult human. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of anxiety that gets generated because our brain's trying to latch on to something 
because it thinks if I know the detail, then I know how to fix it. And that's true yeah. for some things, mm-hmm. but it's not tr- necessarily true for, for things where our paws are best left off of things. Agreed. Because yeah. most people don't understand what a sleep cycle is. We have generalizations of what it is, but also sleep is personal, right? We all need, they, they say the average of, you know, hours of sleep at night is eight out, but you know, I need nine hours for me to feel semi-functional, too. right? Mm-hmm. And my son, he, I was talking about this with him too, because he's had sleep issues with night terrors and all kinds of other things that mm-hmm. thankfully are gone, but he he wants to be on a schedule because he knows that if he doesn't get at least seven hours of sleep at night, the next day he will not be able to focus. And he hates that feeling. So mm. he prides himself on keeping himself on a schedule, but it's also very detrimental to his whole being because he's so anxiety ridden about being on the schedule. If he's not in bed by nine o'clock, he freaks out. He will literally have a meltdown. And, mm. you know, so that that's been interesting that's that's interesting most young people wouldn't be able to fall asleep at nine o'clock at night (laughs) i have people who brought their children to me saying my 16 year old she goes to bed at nine and can't fall asleep for two hours what's wrong i'm like that's quite normal for a 16 year old (laughs) um yeah yeah, what is normal air quotes you know yeah yeah exactly and and normal in in the sense that the majority of of teenagers once they hit kind of secondary kind of levels of um, sexual maturation, their brain goes through changes, which affects their circadian rhythm. That's why you have this, you know, teenagers have a reputation for sleeping in all morning and it's not because they're lazy. (laughs) It is because their biology is simply tilted to, to doing that. And some people it stays that way. I'm an early bird. I'm the opposite. You know, I'm in bed at eight 30 at night. (laughs) I also don't, don't tell me you want to go to a movie that starts at eight because I'm right? likely to no. say no. <laughs> but once I'm, I'm in bed, I'm not getting out. <laughs> I am at my most alert between um five, five thirty and eleven o'clock in the morning. That's when I get my most creative work done. Yeah. Everybody's different in terms of their their chronotype. And also in terms of how much sleep that they need. So yes, you know, the, the recommendation and, and the average, if you imagine a bell curve, the biggest chunk is between seven and nine. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody on the tails is abnormal. It just means you start looking closer to see if there's a little bit of an issue. And people who, who, people who fall asleep in 20 minutes, wake up a couple of times in the night and then fall back to sleep, which is healthy and normal and not a problem. Sometimes people get upset that they wake up at night. That's It's absolutely not an issue. And they wake up and they have enough energy to do what they need to do during the day. That's their number. And you are a person who gets six and a half hours and that, that's you. And you wouldn't have a complaint about your sleep, except that you read something that said you needed eight. Um, and then you start developing anxiety around it and you start laying in bed and hoping for more sleep. That's, we call that time in bed extension, spending a lot of extra time in bed. If you're not actually sleeping during that time, can erode the sleep that you do get? It's like rolling out a pizza dough. <laughs> if you try to stretch it out onto a much bigger pizza stone than you actually have enough dough for, it starts looking like, you know, thin around the edges and gets holes in the middle. Sleep is exactly like pizza dough. I love that. I'm going to tell my son that. 
(laughs) (laughs) He'll love that too. It's, it's really interesting though, because there's so much reading, there's so much information, there's too much information, and there's also too much misinformation out there. And so like, even when I myself was learning about basically anything, you know, when you learn about anything, you usually go to Google first. And that's what most people do, right? We go to Google and then Mm -hmm. we sometimes don't even know the right questions to ask. Yeah. It comes up with some suggested questions for us. (laughs) Right. Right. We start typing and then there's a list of things. Oh, I didn't, let me try that one, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's not even the information we really need. So Mm. I think it's so important for women and moms out there to know that there are experts out there, that if you are having these issues, you can't fix it yourself and you have no, like you're stuck. You have no idea what to do next, you know, find a person out there that can help you. And so this is why I've been bringing in experts on the show because so many women complain about all these things, but they're just not getting fixed. You know, they're just going ignored and oh, whatever, it'll, it'll it'll get better, you know, and and I want to focus on this instead, you know, but there's so many things that are so important to keep us healthy and functioning in, you know, a healthy way so that we can enjoy our lives and meanwhile, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, just kind of blah. Well, we all get bombarded also with the idea of a much. quick fix. Yeah. And you know, and it's very aren't. tempting. <laughs> you know, we all want a quick fix to our problems. Well, um, we live in a microwave society now where everything, everyone wants it. You know, we order something on online and it's at your door in a couple hours or the next day and you cook mm-hmm. something in the microwave and it's done in 30 seconds. And, you know, we want it now. We want it now. We want it now. Yeah. I've seen some people's email signatures essentially say, I'm, I'm sending this when it's convenient for me. It, it's, you may reply and I may be asleep. Right. Like, don't get annoyed if I don't answer you in five minutes. It's like we've right. all become very almost conditioned to, to expect things to be very quick, yeah. whether they're good things or whether they're bad things. <laughs> um, you know, we want, we want our solutions s- sort of straight away. And when people come to me for help with their sleep, I see it as a almost a, a dual pathway. When I ask, you know, what is it that you want? Oh, I want to sleep better. I just want to sleep better. Well, I can help somebody get to the point where they're sleeping better, but I cannot guarantee that sleep is always going to look a certain way because life is going to throw us curveballs and we are going to have blips in our sleep. And that's always the first bump that I navigate with my clients. Developing resilient sleep for, for a lifetime is all about rolling with those waves without reacting to them in such a way that it starts to fuel the problem again. So I had insomnia for many, many years. And again, I I alluded to having a couple of bereavements. My son's father and my own father died five days apart. And my sleep was a disaster for about six weeks. I mean, my life was a disaster, but the sleep especially. And the reason that I went to begin to sleep normally again is because I knew it was normal to not sleep well, especially under that much stress. And I knew that it would return to normal if I didn't get too bothered by it, if I didn't get too fussed with it. Now, does that mean that I was all sunshine and rainbows and and like, oh, yay, it's great. I don't mind. No, <laughs> I drank more coffee. I took more cold showers and it was very uncomfortable. But 
we have this automatic tendency to think, well, if something's uncomfortable, we immediately have to get rid of it or make it different or change it. We have no tolerance, I think, especially when there are so many kind of this tendency for quick fixes, we have no tolerance for discomfort. And actually you learn a lot about how resilient you actually are if you can sit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you learn to roll with the waves in in the future. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It also made me think about dieting, right? Mm, oh, a quick that's... fix diet, right? To fit into an outfit and then you immediately go back to your old habits and then you gain all the weight back and then you like beat yourself up. And it's the same thing with sleep. Like you'll beat yourself up because you're not sleeping and then that just makes it worse. Mm. But there was a doctor I went to years ago. Um, I thought there was something going on with my hormones, but it, it was actually when I was having trouble sleeping and I was gaining weight out of nowhere. And I was like, what's going on with me? You know, sounds like perimenopause and, to me. And it wasn't That's <laughs> what for I thought me, it was, was. Right? right. That's what I thought it was, but it turned out it wasn't, they tested everything. And, um, but before, like, before I got the results back, the doctor was saying to me, depending upon what happens with your results, you know, doing hormone therapy and all of these other things. She said something to me that I'll never forget. She said, it's like turning around the Titanic. And she said, it's not a quick fix. You know, if you think about trying to turn around a big cruise ship, you know, in a very small space, you know, it's not an easy thing and it takes a while. And <laughs> you have thing. to slow down. Slow out. Yeah, slow it. Yeah. Yep. So what, while you were talking about that, I thought about that analogy about the Titanic that she had said to me. And it's true because there are some things that yes, can be fixed pretty quickly, but not everything. And it's really understanding that when you go into it, knowing that you really want to work on this because you know, it's for your own well-being and also for the people around you. They're not going to want to be around you if you're be, you know, irritable all the time and forgetful and non-functional and just, you know, you're, no one's going to want to be around that. Right. And even and, if they're yeah. happy being around you, you get worried and self-conscious about it. Of That's course. probably the bigger issue. Right? <laughs> it's all of it encompassing. I think mm. it just becomes the spiral. So it's hard to any... take the leap though. It's hard to take that leap it to say, is. I want to do the work. Yeah. To make it happen. Yeah. I um, think that like... what I have found talking with people though, it's like people sometimes feel like they have to wait until it gets so bad to the point where you just can't stand it anymore and then you fix it, you know, and, and by that time it's why wait, you know, that way it's going to take longer, you know, (laughs) I mean, it might, it might not, but you know, it's the same thing with money or anything else in your life. You know, it's like the more, the longer you wait, the worse the situation can possibly get. Exactly. Same thing with, with sleep. I think it's like, if you're not sleeping and you're noticing that it's going on for how long would you say more than six weeks? I mean, like, is there a time? I don't even know if there's a normal yeah, time. I would to... say, I mean, the, the diagnostic manuals have, you know, more than three days, a, three nights a week for three months, but you wouldn't have to necessarily wait for three months. Yeah, I would say a that a good, a good rule of thumb is when you start to become worried about your own sleep is, and the sooner you get in an intervention essentially yeah, to help yeah, yeah. work with that, the less embedded the, the mental habits that Mm -hmm. fuel the fire are going to become. And all those neural pathways that form in your brain that are really hard to reverse and change. Yeah. These, these habit loops, you know, sometimes people say, you know, why is it that I'm waking up at four o'clock every morning? It's always four o'clock or it's always three 16. 
Yeah, the witching and hour. Is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, one explanation is that there's insufficient sleep drive because we're sleeping lighter in the morning already. And if everything is a balance between having high sleep drive and low arousal, what happens is when somebody wakes up and they look at their Fitbit or whatever, and it says 316, maybe the first time or first couple of times, it's not a big deal. It's it's a normal wake up maybe for somebody. But then it happens the night before an interview when they're already nervous and they say, 316, I only slept for this many hours. I only have this many hours till my Well, the brain registers that and says, ooh she's recognized a threat here. And even if it doesn't happen again for quite a long time, the next time that brain safety system is like, right, we need to make sure, is there a lion in the room? Is there a bear in the room? Is there a tiger in the room? So it it actually creates the habit of repeatedly waking up at the same time. And it can be reversed, but it is a retraining process. And the longer that goes on, and sometimes people, they are worried about because they've tried so many quick fixes they, yes. They've lost trust in their own ability to make the right choice. They're afraid of investing. It's usually more money to work with somebody. They're afraid of investing that financially and emotionally in something else that might not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up taking a lot longer to resolve. Um, it ends up yeah. being a poor investment um, to wait for a lot of different reasons, not only in terms of sleep and health and money, but in terms of their, just their well-being and their own self-confidence. Yeah, because the more you try a quick fix that doesn't work, and then it, then you become one of those people that say, I've tried everything, nothing works. And then you find Tracy, who can have a glimmer of hope for you. And then you're saying to yourself, well, you know, I've tried everything, you know, and it's like, it, you just go back and forth, but you always have to remember your own best investment is yourself, mm-hmm. right? Every single day, your own best investment is yourself. And I always talk with my son about this too, is we always want to be 1% better than we were yesterday. So if there's something that's going on, let's, let's get it now. Let's fix it, you know, or let's learn it or whatever it is. Well, how can we be better today than we were yesterday? So if I find out that I'm not sleeping and I realize that this is affecting my life deeply, find someone that can actually fix it instead of going on Google and, you know, trying just, you know, meditating or, you know, not watching TV an hour before bed and, you know, keeping your phone in another room and all these things that you read about online that, yes, those are really great things, but maybe it's something deeper internally than just these blue light yeah. things and and you're and- so you're so right the power of compounding to bring it back yes around. money issues that it can be a positive and it can be a negative and agreed the, the same thing applies when you're talking about length of time my son and i sat down with the same investment calculator he's 18 and i'm 50 and i said let's just experiment imagine we both put the same amount of money the same return rate and put the same amount of money in every month what does your number say when you're 65 and what does the number say when I'm 65? And he was like blown away. Was he blown away? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's mind blowing <laughs> when you see yeah. that. It's the length of time is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that I had taken that message on board when I was much younger than I am. <laughs> I know my son is so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know anything about all of that when I was a youngster, you know, Um, and he has the opportunity to, to learn now. So exactly. Exactly. And it's the same thing with everything. The longer you wait, the worse it gets. So if you know, you have an issue with something, at least talk to someone about it, 
you know, it's like, you don't have to jump on the first thing you see and you can do some research, you know, it depends what, what type of person you like. I'm the type of person where I need to read the reviews, you know, I have to spend some time researching and seeing like, which way should I go or whatever, or who should I work with and who would I best fit with? And, you know, do I feel comfortable with this person? And, you know, and I say that, you know, when people want to work with me, I'm like, I'm for everybody you know, and that's totally fine. And I want to let you know, this is me. If you don't want to spend time with me, great. If you do great, you know, but there are many people out there that can help. And it's really finding that person that you feel like you can trust who you can really open up to and say, look, these are my issues and I really need help and getting it done quicker will save you so much anxiety and stress and agony in the future, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh, sleep. Like it's, it's so like, I, I, I just know from the work that I've done on myself and my sleep. And like, I even do, I was guilty of what you said earlier about how you wake up and you say, Oh, it's three sixteen. I only slept this amount and I'm only going to have this much more. And then you lay back down in bed and you're like, Oh, I only have two more hours. My alarm's going off in two hours. And then you're laying there and you just t- think to yourself, okay, I only have to, okay, wait, what time is it now? Oh no, I only have one and a half hours now, 90 minutes. Oh no, 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 this is not okay. I've got something mm-hmm. big going on tomorrow. I'm going to be a zombie tomorrow. This is going to be awful. And then like you fall asleep 10 minutes before your alarm goes off. <laughs> yeah. The minute, the minute you give up, yeah. <laughs> it's natural. It's like, well, everything's going to be, going to be a wreck tomorrow. So I'm just going to stop right. trying. And then exactly. boom, you fall asleep. And why is that? Right. Because your arousal has dropped because you've right. stopped struggling. You stopped <laughs> resisting. It's always that resistance that holds us back from what we want, right? And once you mm-hmm. finally let it go, it's a whole manifestation, right? It's like whenever you finally let go, ah, okay, now everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, that we find, yeah. you know, the situ- even if the situation doesn't shift, at least we've got a little bit more peace about it and we can see it yes. for what it really is. Yes. So I know we're, we're up on time. So is there anything else that you want to discuss today that we haven't touched on that I didn't ask you or bring up? Oh, I feel like I could talk about this all day long. I know, but, um, I this know. has been a really interesting conversation. And I love that we have parallels in both of our work. <laughs> but, you know, everything is. That's the cool mm. thing. It's like life. It's like an infinity symbol. It's like everything just flows together everything, everything touches everything and everything's important. So we need to make sure that we have all of those areas in our life in balance so that we can actually, you know, have fun and enjoy our lives. Like that's really what life's about, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, my, my view on it is if life is short and we never know when it's going to um, be removed from us and we are going to leave the people that we love, we need to make the most of it. And that doesn't mean that we pour toxic positivity on things. It means that we face things, we really see them for what they are. So we can see the pluses and the minuses of a situation and we can just be real and, and in the moment and live every minute that we get a chance to. I love that so much. Let's just live our lives, ladies. Let's enjoy our lives. Enjoy the journey and call Tracy if you're having trouble sleeping. And speaking of that, how do people <laughs> reach you, Tracy? What do you have? What What do you offer? How do you, uh, what are you doing right now to help people with their sleep? And then where can people find you? Right. So I run a, a do-it-yourself six-week online course, uh, probably best suited for people who do not have a tremendous amount of sleep anxiety or who are really comfortable kind of at least giving it a go on their own, but with guidance. 
Um, I also do one-to-one coaching. So I offer um, a 90-minute session um, that starts both the one-off and any of my packages where you get a full assessment, diary analysis, and a 90-minute call, and you leave with a plan for how you're going to begin to sort out your sleep. And then from there, there are packages, depending on how much support someone needs. And I will be running group coaching sessions um, in the beginning in the autumn, which I'm very, very excited about. And where can people find you? So um, my website is tracythesleepcoach.co.uk. That's C-Y. Those of us in the UK, we tend to spend it with a C-E-Y. It's T-R-A-C-Y, thesleepcoach.co.uk. And you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, using the same handle. Awesome. I'll put all of that in the show notes. So everyone will be able to find you very easily. Great. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being here today. I loved this conversation. I learned so much today. So, so much. And I hope that everyone out there got so much value from our conversation today and really take a deep look at how, how are you sleeping? And check out Tracy's stuff. She has some really great videos on Instagram too that you could watch some really informative information to get to know her a little bit better. And I just want to say thank you again. And I I can't wait to uh, play this for my son because he wants to hear this so bad. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, please share on your social media and tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. The only way this podcast grows is by you sharing it. Please rate, review, and subscribe down below. See you next week.